You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A uh, reminder to everyone, go subscribe, download, and rate the 415ers podcast. Evan Giddings and Mark Randy with you every single week, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, all that good stuff. Well, if we're switching back to this season and specifically the goal of Shanahan, which is to win, right? Trey Lance is out the window. We'll get to that. And I'm sure we'll talk about it on future episodes a lot. But right now, something that Actually, on your show, Mark, that I heard floated, uh, Damon Arado, every single weekday from 3 to 6 p.m., Peter King comes on as a weekly guest, and as one of the most tapped-in, respected journalists in the NFL, you know, he was kind of, you guys were kicking around the idea about Christian McCaffrey and would the Carolina Panthers be sellers, and the fact that, you know, there he was rumored to be, um, in tra- Carolina was rumored to be in trade talks with the Buffalo Bills about Christian McCaffrey. Well, the value that was sort of floated on your show was a second and a fourth round pick. If that's the case, we don't know it to be true, but if a second and a fourth is on the table for one Christian McCaffrey for a running back, one of the most dynamic players in football at a position that although Jeff Wilson Jr. has done a nice job of shoring up in the stead of Elijah Mitchell is a position that the 49ers have been depleted in throughout Kyle Shanahan's tenure. You have a chance to get him. Is that a deal that you make? Uh, My answer is no. I do not want the San Francisco 49ers to trade for Christian McCaffrey. Um, I I think there are a few. You don't want to bring him back to Palo Alto? (laughs) He had a lot of success down there. That's down on the farm. He was dominant. I should say, yeah. (laughs) He was dominant. Um, I know I I don't think so. While, you know, in a vacuum, would he make this 49ers offense better? Yes, he would. He's the most dynamic offensive weapon in football. He's as good of a receiver as he is a running back and he's a really good running back. Um, I one, it's, it's a question of money. Um, You know, are the 49ers going to be able to, you know, give Bosa every penny that he deserves to keep, you know, everyone else around. There's the question of, you know, we've spent the first 35 minutes of this podcast debating the future of the quarterback position. What does that look like? What does that mean? Money is one thing. I'm sure they can restructure and move money around on the books and, you know, make it look pretty and squeeze things in. But I think the biggest thing for me, Evan, is simply Kyle Shanahan's track record with running backs. One, his running backs tend to get injured. It's probably just a bad luck thing. Um, It's probably, you know, nothing to do with Kyle Shanahan, nothing to do with his scheme, nothing to do with anything. I'm not leveling any sort of accusations here. But you just look back through the last number of seasons, Kyle Shanahan's running backs get hurt. They do not play a full season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, guess what? He gets hurt. He does not play a full offseason. I kind of was joking earlier around the office. You might have heard it, Evan, but 
if Christian McCaffrey was a 49er, I am convinced that on his first carry, he would pull a hamstring and, and miss three weeks after that. Like it's just, it's just the way that things tend to happen for this position for the 49ers and for Christian McCaffrey. And then the other thing is, despite all those injuries, the 49ers have still been able to produce a lot with the running game. Whether it was, you know, Matt Breida years ago, Raheem Mostert, who the team pulled out of a scrap heap that scrap heap that no one else wanted, whether it's Jeff Wilson Jr. this year, whether it's Elijah Mitchell, you know, a, a late round pick in the 2021 NFL draft who became you know, one of the best Niners rookie running backs ever. It does not matter who's at running back for the 49ers. They will be successful. Is Christian McCaffrey in a vacuum better than their other options? Yes, of course he is. He's an otherworldly talent. But is the difference in production from a guy that's making the veteran minimum to a superstar running back in Christian McCaffrey who's being paid like a superstar, is the difference worth that much cash i would say no i think this niner team uh is better spending their money elsewhere yeah i am with you i do believe that for christian mccaffrey this year that would absolutely make them a better team i wouldn't assume that he's going to get hurt just because you can't (laughs) assume things uh but if you do want to look at the money the next three years his cap hit is 19 and a half 19 and a half 15 and a half that's money that needs to go elsewhere uh, also, if I'm looking at the second and fourth round picks for the 49ers, I know everyone, especially last year, kind of made a fact out of the, you know, the issue that they didn't really hit on a lot of their top picks. Uh, but if I'm looking at their second and fourth rounders this year, I'm looking at Drake Jackson. It looks like a pretty decent player out of USC. I'm looking at Spencer Burford out of Texas San Antonio, who's been pretty good on the offensive line this He's year. Good. So there is some capital that is would be leaving that even though you'd get the immediate upgrade, I think it would make you a better football team. If your goal is to go all in and win this year. Um, I think that as far as how they've drafted in recent years, there's certainly been some, some reason to expect that you would lose potential impact players down the line. If you gave up a second and a fourth. So that's the reason that I would personally not trade for Christian McCaffrey. Although it would be, Oh, I'd be so excited to watch him on Sunday. My God. It, um, it would be wild. <laughs> uh, the, the last part of this episode, uh, I don't know if we'll make this kind of a normal thing, Mark, but I do want to try and look at uh, specifically a couple of plays. I know you, you have one set up. Um, and I wanted to, with access now to all 22, kind of take a look at some film that we'll post on social media alongside the breakdown itself and specifically look at George Kittle, because to me, that was a player that both of us had keyed in on, on the Monday night football game against the Rams. He wasn't as involved against Carolina. He was involved, especially early and particularly on the first drive of that game was featured heavily for the 49ers. And to me explained why he is so valuable. We saw on Monday night football this week, Travis Kelsey catch four touchdowns. Everyone comes in on Tuesday and says, Hey, what's up with George Kittle? Travis Kelsey's catching balls left and right. What's going on? Well, this is exactly what he does. First play of the game for the 49ers. Two tight end set, one wide receiver. Kittle's flanking the left tackle. He sort of drags behind the line in a play that is obviously created for Kittle, designated for him to get in space. It ends up only being a five-yard catch because Shaq Thompson's shout-out Sacramento and Grant Union High School kind of chipped them coming off of the line. But Jimmy Garoppolo rolls out where the play is going left. He's wide open in the flat, gets in the ball underneath, and is able to scamper for a nice little gain on first down. 
Then two plays later, third and sixth from the 29-yard line, they go to uh, the 11 personnel, right? So one tight end, one right, uh, one running back, three wide receivers. Kittle, who's still got his hand in the dirt, mind you, as he did on the first play, is matched up with a safety. Justin Burris, about six foot, 210 pounds, can run. Okay, Kittle, 6'4", 250. Remember this because he runs a corner route to the outside, about 15, 20 yards, clears out on the way, mind you, linebacker Corey Littleton. So if Jimmy Garoppolo wanted the throw to the flat for use check, Kittle is creating that route by himself. Instead, Garoppolo, as we highlighted on our first show this week on Monday, having faith and trust in his weapons on the outside, floats a beautiful ball to Kittle in which he's able to demonstrate the hands that everyone knows him to have but haven't been featured as much in the offense, as well as the toe tap on the outside. So on that same play, we see a block, we see speed, we see footwork, and we see hands from George Kittle. Then two plays later on the drive, the one that everyone's going to point to that produced eventually the seven points on the Tevin Coleman touchdown catch, a 41-yard run by Jeff Wilson Jr. And this time it's out of the shotgun. The majority of the offensive line pulls right, along with George Kittle, who's on that left side. The only guard, Spencer Burford, along with Juszczyk, through the backfield, kind of uh, pull left, along with Kittle. And as they're selling the run to the right, Kittle immediately gets to the second level. Although Juszczyk, along with Burford, create the initial space for Jeff Wilson, the final cut is created by George Kittle that frees Jeff Wilson Jr. that gets him into the clear. So he follows Juice in the, in the backfield, but then is eventually sprung by Kittle, who absolutely eliminates Littleton, on the second level, the, back, the linebacker coming from the weak side that's following Jeff Wilson Jr. the entire way, he plugs him. Jeff Wilson is into the clear, scampers for 41 yards, and then a couple of plays later, you set up the touchdown to Tevin Coleman. So on that initial drive that produced seven points, they gave 49ers the first score of the game. You're looking at a catch that's short, a catch that's dynamic, and a block all on the same drive, which is exactly why George Kittle is so valuable to this team as both a route runner, a pass catcher, as well as a blocker. I just thought it was the ultimate display from both Shanahan as well as Kittle how to use a very valuable tight end that people have thought demands to get more into the offense. Good breakdown, Evan. I, I think just listening to you there, the number of times, obviously you were focusing on Kittle, but the number of times you said Kittle and check, I think it just... Um, you know, kind of solidifies how important they are to this offense, whether or not they're touching the ball. And I think specifically Kyle Juszczyk, and, and he's a big uh, part of the play that that I wanted to break down. This is just a simple eye formation for the 49ers. Garoppolo under center. Jeff Wilson Jr. is the running back, and and uh, Kyle Juszczyk is the fullback. You're looking from the offense's side, and uh, uh, George Kittle was lined up on the right side of the line. And what this play is, it's a fake pitch uh but they still you know it's a fake toss but they still do toss the ball to jeff wilson but they just run it up inside so on the snap uh kyle Juszczyk, he takes a couple of hard steps to the left so does jeff wilson jr they're really selling the toss out wide to the left and then suddenly you actually see kyle Juszczyk kind of cut back in moving backwards over to the right before the ball is even tossed. But what this does is you get the two linebackers for the Panthers. They are running hard to the left, trying to cover that toss left that they're seeing, that their eyes are telling them is coming to Jeff Wilson Jr. You suddenly open up the entire 
right side of the field. And it's a, a soft pitch on the inside, not nearly as as far out to the sideline as a normal toss is an inside toss to Jeff Wilson Jr. And he follows right behind uh, Kyle Juszczyk, who is cutting again across the formation. All of the offensive line is blocking left. The only people moving to the right, Juszczyk and Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, the ball carrier. Juszczyk seals off the edge. George Kittle, who was already on that side of the line of scrimmage, he comes off on the inside, you know, kind of double teaming and sealing off the edge from the offensive linemen that are doing a great job blocking the play. Mike McGlinchey and, and Aaron Banks on that right side of the line. And then suddenly a hole opens up and Jeff Wilson Jr. gets a really nice gain. It's, it's something we talked about last week as well and, and something you touched on just a couple of moments ago, Evan. The uniqueness of this Kyle Shanahan offense, we saw them run that kind of fake toss, kind of an inside toss, inside pitch to Jeff Wilson Jr. many times, and we've seen it before. It's, it was not new on Sunday in Carolina, but the fact that Kyle Shanahan is kind of bringing out some of these more unique run plays with more regularity and he's trusting his offensive line to do the dirty work, and he's relying on George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk to clean up and finish off the plays. And then, of course, you know, the end-all, be-all is, is Jeff Wilson is reading the plays well. He's hitting the holes, and he's making good cuts and, and getting good gains. It's all coming together for this 49ers run game. You have to credit Kyle Shanahan for designing and calling these plays. You have to credit a young offensive line. I mean, Jalen Moore out there replacing Trent Williams. He has been, I think, better than most people expected. And then well, you were talking about George Kittle and, and then Kyle Juszczyk as well. I mean, this run game uh, is is really clicking now. And a big part of it is is obviously all the players executing, but we are seeing Kyle Shanahan dig deeper and deeper into his plays into his bag of tricks, and uh, right now it's been working. Well, we're going to dig deeper into the Week 6 matchup coming up on Friday. That is our last episode of the week before the San Francisco 49ers, who are already on the East Coast, head a little bit further south to Atlanta to take on the Falcons after their Week 5 victory against Carolina. And so stay on the lookout for that episode. But that concludes our midweek episode. Mark Grandy, as always, thank you so much. We appreciate the insight and the breakdown. I, I, I do think this could be something that might become a little more regular in our in our midweek episodes. I don't know about you, but you know, whenever I see you know a breakdown, a film breakdown, like especially from NFL veterans. I mean, Brian Baldinger, who's a normal on ninety-five-seven of the game, he is just by far the best at it. It doesn't matter what I'm doing; I will stop and, and watch that two-minute video. They're just they're just the best. So. Yeah, I hopefully, hopefully we did it justice, and uh, hopefully we continue to do the 415ers podcast justice as we say goodbye for this episode. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Make sure to download, rate, and subscribe. Five stars as always. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy saying so long from the 415ers. We'll talk to you next time.